It's an iconic and omnipresent food, but its popularity in America may be due to Thomas Jefferson. Kind of. Welcome to American Esoterica. If history class gives you the Mac, this is the orange powder that is at least 30% cheese. The essential stuff in between. The personalities, events, and other ephemera that shape our history and culture. I'm Brian Powers. It's a staple of American meals. And Canadian meals too, but this isn't Canadian esoterica, eh? And we take for granted its popularity here. It's macaroni and cheese. And it seems to be the one food that everybody from ages 2 to 200 can agree on. Many of us grew up on the artificially colored kind that comes entirely out of a box, but in its higher forms, it's also a traditional dish served at celebrations like Thanksgiving and Christmas, especially for African-American families. That place of prominence may or may not be related to how the food came to be popular in the United States. Thomas Jefferson was a lot of things. But this story is more about the aspect of him that thought it was a fine idea to own people. Jefferson liked the finer things in life that making a whole bunch of people involuntarily do his work for him afforded him. And one of those things was fine cooking. Jefferson had developed a taste for fine French cuisine. So much so that when he was appointed America's trade minister to France in 1784, he brought a young enslaved man by the name of James Hemings and his sister Sally with him to apprentice in the art of French cuisine. After his education at the hands of some of the most celebrated chefs in the world, Hemings became head chef at the chateau that served as Jefferson's Paris residence, where Jefferson at least paid him a pittance for his work, although it was far less than that earned by the previous head chef, who was also, you know, free to leave. Hemings used the money to hire himself a French tutor. Upon returning to the United States, Hemings became head chef of Monticello, adapting everything he had learned in France to ingredients he could find in America. Among the recipes he brought back, macaroni pie, a pasta dish that Hemings adapted into its American form by layering cheddar cheese and butter in between macaroni before cooking it in a Dutch oven with hot coals placed on the lid. His spin on cooking the noodles was to use a mixture of half water and half milk, which made them creamier. Hemings didn't create macaroni and cheese, but his take on it, using locally available cheddar cheese, gave it an American flavor. It was a favorite of Jefferson's, who wrote down the recipe for creating the macaroni noodles and had a pasta press imported, although he preferred instead to just import the noodles from Europe. The dish was served frequently to guests at Monticello and even in the White House when Jefferson was president. But that isn't the end of Hemings and his influence. Hemings pressed him, and Jefferson agreed to manumit, or free, Hemings on the condition that he teach his brother, Peter Hemings, everything he knew. Hemings' request was a pretty tall order, considering that of over 600 enslaved individuals he owned during his lifetime, only two were freed by the man who wrote, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But James Hemming did gain his freedom by teaching Peter, 
who then taught other enslaved cooks his recipes, which were then handed down to new generations. After Jefferson's death, these Monticello chefs and their families were scattered by the continuing slave trade, but the recipes traveled with them. Black chefs were giving America its most prevalent dish, and it was spreading like wildfire. Peter Farley Fawcett, the son of enslaved former head Monticello chef Edith Hearn Fawcett, became a caterer to high society, bringing Monticello recipes to Cincinnati, Ohio. Rufus Estes, a formerly enslaved man, although not a Monticello, served as the head chef for the private car service for the Pullman Palace Car Company, and his recipe for mac and cheese was included in his groundbreaking published cookbook in 1911. Macaroni and cheese isn't the only dish that Hemings would introduce to America. He brought and helped popularize such items as meringue, creme brulee, whipped cream, and even french fries. But mac and cheese may be his most profound legacy. After earning his freedom, James Hemings would cook for Jefferson again only once, at Monticello in 1801, after he had refused to become Jefferson's head chef at the White House. A month later, he took his own life. Thomas Jefferson gets all the credit for bringing mac and cheese to America, but he did none of the work. And now you know, during the holidays, when you grab a slice of that amazing mac and cheese, or you slather some whipped cream on your pumpkin pie, raise a fork of some gooey American deliciousness to James Hemings, the father of our favorite all-American side dish. This has been American Esoterica. All sounds were made by me, Brian Powers. Did I get it wrong? Did I get it right? Just want to ask for the recipe to my favorite mac and cheese because you didn't know that I have a blog on my website for the podcast where I talk about each episode and it's posted there. Drop me a note. The address is yell at AmericanEsoterica.com. Thank you for listening and God bless America.